People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. gentlemen to another edition of your 20 by 20 ring crew i am here my name is joe i'm here with matt matt what's going on hey what's going on uh we're back episode 111 good lord bunch of ones a bunch of ones three, three ones three ones man to be to be exact <laughs> today we're doing uh i believe it's volume four of the 20 by 20 by 20 it's the february edition the february we edition. try to do this once a month February 2021. There you go. There you go. <laughs> on the, uh, we always have wrestling on in the background. And uh, right now we're watching uh, violence and suffering. Suffering. Yeah. Thank you. Violence and suffering. VXS. VXS. Uh, uh, do you know where they're based out of? I want to say Jersey. Jersey. Which is a pretty big big city for independent wrestling we're watching the into deep show that they put on right before super bowl um uh, what, what what number super bowl is, is it that? 50 55 maybe yeah, 55 yeah. so literally right before the game they aired this um so far we've got uh daniel garcia in the ring taking on uh jo- jordan oliver jordan oliver thank you one one half of injustice and uh, one jo- third. Joel Gertner came out and did the intros for the show. Uh, ECW's Joel Gertner. It's uh, interesting to see him. Yeah, what's he been doing? <laughs> uh, you know what? I don't know, but I know he's he does he's available on Cameo. I only know that because of Jim Cornette's <laughs> podcast. And uh, who yeah. isn't on Cameo these uh, days? Yeah, right. right? Um, but yeah. So uh, so far, interesting, uh, interesting setup, interesting camera work. You you were talking about that um, as you're watching it, folks. You could we're watching this live on or not live. I'm sorry, we're watching this on independent wrestling television IWTV. It's uh it's on their streaming service twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash IWTV. If you're interested in getting yourself a um, a little taste of, of IWTV, which we hope you do. But um, the camera work here, they've got it set up to where the picture kind of looks like an old VHS tape as you're watching the matches. Um, I don't know how the rest of the card is going to go, but right before the the referee started the match, they had actually an actual like fight graphic come up, like you would during like a, a an arcade fighting game uh, or, <laughs> or sorts. Yeah. And they also started a timer at the beginning of the match that was shown on the screen. Uh, it's not on there now, but so pretty interesting take on uh, pro wrestling. Uh, I, I I can't wait to watch more. I'm I'm definitely interested. Too Cold Scorpio is on the card uh, against Tony Deppen. I think that's the main event. That's the main event. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Um. 20 by 20 by 20. Uh, am I starting or are you starting? Oh, you know what? Can I start? You can start, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. So, uh, before we started recording, mm-hmm. yeah. I played you an excerpt yes. 
of Eric Bischoff's podcast, 83, 83 Weeks, where they were talking, uh, him and Conrad Thompson were talking about the Hardy Brothers, and this was around the time of TNA Against All Odds 2011, because that's what that episode was about. And they were commenting, or well, Eric Bischoff was commenting, on Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy, kind of in a general sense, but also like... Mm-hmm. The relationship between them, mm-hmm. um, and, and it, I, the reason I played you the clip was because it was really fascinating to me. After listening to that, I thought back about myself as a fan of the Hardy Boys. Like, wow, I've always thought of Matt as the older brother, yeah, uh, the more responsible out of the two, mm-hmm. regardless of what went on between them both as a tandem and individually over the years. And uh, that little excerpt kind of shed a little bit more light for me as to um, what was going on with them personally, uh, at least back at that point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I knew I knew both of them had dabbled in, in drugs and stuff, but uh, Eric Bischoff sounds like Matt Hardy did, did a little more a little more extracurricular drug use than than I had previously thought. But uh, I, I was just after that after hearing that I was just curious. Your take on the Hardy Boys? What do you think about Jeff Hardy and what he's brought to the business as opposed to his brother Matt? And uh, just how do you feel about their their relationship in general? I'm gonna probably upset a lot of people here. Um, Recently, I watched a movie where, and this this goes hand in hand with my answer, where the character realized that uh, he's not a great player, but he makes a really good coach. And when I, and so he sacrificed his spot on the team to for somebody else, and he was basically he was the guy with the clipboard. It goes hand-in-hand my answer because when it comes down to Matt and Jeff, Matt Hardy is great with the clipboard. I think Matt Hardy's got a hell of a wrestling mind, and we've seen that with so many of his gimmicks throughout the years. I love the Mattitude. I love the broken angle. Big Money Matt's cannot sell me right now, but you know we'll see what he does. I, I do have faith in, in him as a as an angle creator, but as a wrestler, he's always been subpar. And that being said, I'm not going to sit here and say that Jeff Hardy is a fine tool athlete. But what makes Jeff Hardy a standout, and I think this one should be pretty obvious to a lot of people, is because Jeff Hardy has those moments. Those awe-inspiring moments where he's basically killing himself. As far as the extracurricular activities, that does surprise me too because it doesn't surprise me that anybody does whatever you do behind closed doors. Your business, I don't, I don't care. But you know, you don't, you don't look at Matt Hardy as a user because it's well documented that Jeff Hardy is the user. You know, Jeff's had countless um, known cases, whether it's you know getting in trouble with the law or you know the infamous Sting match. And, and, and all that but you know you have you hear a guy like Matt Hardy who's dabbling in it you know it, 
you'd be like, okay, I, I can see that, but for him to be as Bischoff, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, you know, sure. there one day and then the next day he's not even there. It it is a little surprising, you know. I know he's gone he's gone through a lot, you know. Some of it's well documented that we've known about uh, in his personal life, but it is a little a little, a little surprising there. But when he when he mentioned the the empathy more towards Jeff Hardy, I agree with him because I I, I agree that that's what people would, according to Eric Bischoff in a statement. People are more empathetic to Jeff Hardy than they would be Matt Hardy, mainly because of what I said earlier—the things that he does and, and the, the moments that he does, that, that he brought to the table. You people think of Jeff Hardy, they think of TLC, they think of him swanton bombing off of ladders and titantrons and all that all that stuff. And for them, it's because of that that they they'll flock towards that. Where Matt Hardy never had that. Matt Hardy was more of the Matt technician, if you will, no pun intended on the name, but <laughs> he was more of the Matt technician, albeit not a great one. And that's why I say Matt Hardy will make uh, it's kind of ironic that his character is a manager now. He would make a hell of a manager. I don't think he was, for me, Matt Hardy, a Hall of Famer. Not that you've asked me that question. He's not. But as far as, far as a wrestler goes. But when it comes down to the characters that he created and the storylines that he's created, I think when it all comes down to it, when it's all said and done, Matt Hardy leaves a bigger mark on the wrestling industry than Jeff ever could. Jeff had moments that you'll always remember, but I think Matt Hardy is the guy that is going to be part of this business well after he's not unable to go in the ring anymore. Where Jeff Hardy just isn't that guy. Um, so, I guess... Saying all that, it's more of a to be continued. But as of right now, I can see what Eric Bischoff meant by that, and uh, it's a, it's not a shot at Matt Hardy. I mean, I know there's a lot of Matt Hardy fans, and I you know I, I I dig his stuff too. But he's just he's not that impactful as a professional wrestler. So you talk Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. Hardy Boys as a unit. As a unit, yeah. Okay, absolutely. And that's how they're. That's how they'll go down. That's how they'll go down the WWE Hall of Fame. If there was a legit pro wrestling Hall of Fame, like a legit legit one, then yeah, that's how they would have to go down individually. No, at least not now. I mean, but again, I still feel that Matt Hardy has a lot more to give to the business because he he does have a great wrestling mind. He just, he really does. Uh, how do you like him paired up with? private party as their manager on screen like I said I'm not really buying it I don't really like it too much but behind the scenes I think that's what they need I think you got two kids who obviously are phenomenal wrestlers but I you know I get frustrated with them because there's just so much that's just left out there there's a lot of spots that I, I feel that there's just so much pizzazz and not enough not enough of the important stuff you know, and that's what they need to work on. Okay. On top of gimmicks. And, and that's what I'm seeing right now is is, is them creating this this new, st- this new fresh gimmick-esque storyline that will potentially give them the knowledge they need to progress as a tag team in their career. 
because they got a they got a long long uh, long road ahead, but a bright future if they stay on the right path. And I think again, it's kind of what I said, where Matt Hardy is kind of the guy that can help get them there. Speaking of tag teams, I want to get this one out now because this one's kind of been irritating me for ever since AEW has existed, and even more so now when you have companies like Impact Wrestling and. Spoiler alert, it will be a question. New Japan Pro Wrestling involved. But let's keep New Japan out of it right now. Let's let's keep just Impact and AEW. You have a situation with the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers. And one week they're dying each other's throats. Next week they're a tag team. And so much of that was taken care of on being the elite. The weekly YouTube show. Now, I've, I've expressed, you've expressed that they need to really reconsider that method as far as how they progress storylines when you have a TV show where a lot of people are depending uh, dependent on that TV show. They're announcing matches. They're 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 doing storyline angles, all on being the elite. A YouTube show that not everybody watches. I get it's, it's, it's successful. I get that. But my, my question to you is, now that Impact is involved, now that New Japan is involved, and you bring in a whole wave of new a new fan base, because that's the whole purpose of all this, should they really reconsider how they handle storyline telling on being the elite, or am I overthinking this again? I don't think you're overthinking it at all. If we're looking at the, if we're looking at the 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 number of views for any given episode of Being the Elite, I think it averages between like one and three hundred thousand, give okay. or take. Yeah, that's that's a fair window. Okay. Now, if you if you do that and you you compare it to AEW's TV rating, right? You're looking at anywhere from, we'll say, seven hundred to nine hundred thousand. That's quite a big difference mm-hmm. in viewership. Yeah. So, essentially, whoever watches the being the elite episodes clearly are not necessarily tuning over and and watching AEW and vice versa. So. That's a big gap. That's a big enough of a gap between those two numbers to where you do have to sit and think about, wait a minute, how can we how can we marry these two shows together legally without, you know, with both parties compromising enough to where it's going to work out for both of them. Everybody's going to be okay with it because right now there's this big missing link and Clearly, it's just, it's not getting over. That relationship is not getting over. The Bucks are doing what they're doing on YouTube. And it kills me because a lot of this is kind of important, especially now with the whole Bullet Club thing happening or not happening. We'll explain that in a, a little while. But there's so much that's lost on that show. And then you're just supposed to... Everybody who watches AEW, they're just making the assumption that, oh, you've already watched or you already know what goes on. Mm-hmm. 
with being the elite and clearly by the numbers that's not the case and this is one of those I feel like I'm Jim Cornette moments because <laughs> it's 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 simple math you know 100 to 300,000 viewers is nowhere near the same as 7 to 900,000 viewers you're talking 2 3 almost 4 times your viewership that's the difference yeah so something's got to give they've got to they've got to do better about getting that information over to one Tuesdays and Wednesdays because if they don't it's going to hurt them in the long run I get everybody has devices in front of them these mm-hmm. days and that the internet is at the at the at your fingertips at any given moment but that doesn't necessarily mean the audience you want is is going to be there and just following your every fucking command like it doesn't work that way it just doesn't I just want to add this real quick you know, the whole po- the whole purpose of all this like Kenny Omega Company Impact was to sell the pay-per-view correct you know you're trying to sell the Impact product you're trying to sell Hard to Kill you're trying to sell whatever and vice versa and same thing with New Japan you're trying to sell the the match that we're, we'll talk about later I don't you're not doing any of that with being the elite. If you're trying to continue to push being the elite, then you need to advertise for that. It, it's too underground still. It is. It's 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 a cult thing, and that's fine. You want to have your cult thing, have your cult thing, but don't put storylines into that and expect it to get over on your big TNT show. It's just not going to work. No, it's not. And that's that's a major problem. Um, I think the longer AEW is in existence and being the elite is somehow tied to to their talent, yeah, it's going to suffer. It's going to suffer. And I I think it's just a kind of like a a fucked up attempt at at a very fundamental business uh, situation. Like, you guys are clearly dropping the ball on the potential of this. Mm-hmm. How could, how have you not figured that out yet? Or do you fucking care to? Right. You know, is this is this one of those things like, hey, this is our show and we didn't give permission necessarily for, for it to be a part of AEW. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're two separate entities. But again, if that's the case, like you said, keep that shit out of it. Simple as that. You know? Uh, I don't want to touch on uh, New Japan just yet because once we once we talk about it, it's gonna it's gonna be all over the damn place. Okay. <laughs> um, Joe Coff, who who was uh, a big wig over there in Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. recently did an interview, and uh, essentially he said he loves the idea of what they're doing now with Ring of Honor, and he's. I think out of everybody, I think he's the only promoter that actually likes the idea of wrestling in a pandemic because, according to him, it's allowed them to stop and think about their product and rethink everything. Rethink the way they do business, rethink their talent, rethink their approach to professional wrestling. And uh, that's my question here. One, do you agree with him as far as at least as far as Ring of Honor goes? Sure. And two, 
what can, if regardless of whether you agree or disagree with Joe Coff, mm-hmm. what can other promotions learn from what he said? Here's my issue with what Joe Coff said, though. It, I, I, I agree and disagree. I don't really think it matters what's going on in the world. As a, as a promoter with Ring of Honor, the issue with Joe Coff is that he's never really stopped to smell the roses, if you will, for quite some time. I've had a lot of issues with, with the booking of that, of that promotion for a very long time, and it really didn't matter if we were in a pandemic or not. They've made a lot of changes in their scheduling prior to the pandemic happening, where they were pretty much doing one or two shows a month. Mm-hmm. Joe, how is that not enough time to prepare yourself? That's that's a good point for for what's what's coming up next. You know what I mean? So, I I, I and that's, this is where I agree. The pandemic has given you ample time to recreate your product and get it to where you need it to be. But my issue is again has been his time management. It, I don't know. I don't know how he does things personally. I don't work for the company or not affiliated with the company, but it leads me to wonder what the hell were they doing prior to this, and where will we be if the pandemic never happened? If you're telling me that the best thing that happened to you, your company, not that he verbatimly said this, but essentially he's pretty much saying this. Yeah. The best thing that happened to his company is a fucking pandemic, not the fact that people are dying or anything like that. He didn't say anything like that, but the fact that essentially the world stopped is the best thing to happen to your company, that's a problem. That's a major problem. As far as other companies go, I, I still think they could take something out of it because the reality of the situation is this. You have to, as a promoter, as a booker, you have to constantly look at your product and strip it down to its core, what's working and what's not working. Joe Koff in a way was doing a Vince McMahon approach. We'll just keep doing the same thing over and over again. Their, their, his approach was we'll keep taking talent, we'll build them up until they leave, and then we'll take new talent, and then we'll build them up, and then they leave. You never grow. You become a feeder system to everybody else. I'm going to continue answering your question, and then I'm going to jump into my next question to you because it goes hand in hand. The idea is as always is always going to be build talent, create talent, keep talent. That's how it should always be. I know it's not as black and white as that. I get that. Things happen. People have change of hearts. People want to go elsewhere. People can't agree all the time on contracts or, or how they're being used. I get that. There's a lot of gray areas. So don't come at me and say, Mads, doesn't work like that always. No shit, I know that. <laughs> but that's that's how that's how wrestling has always been. That's how successful wrestling companies exist. Ring of Honor does half of that. And even in their new their new I I've I've loved the show. I've loved the show during the pandemic. I've 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 absolutely loved it. I watch it every make sure I watch it every single week. I love the product. I was a fan of the product beforehand, too, but I just feel that he needs to, when, when things do open back up, and he's got 
asses in those seats again that he remembers this moment. Because if not, then you're going to go right back to the same fucking routine over and over again. Now, one thing I said was keep talent, right? So my next question to you. Just got released. News got released officially recently. Roosh and Dragon Lee officially re-signed with the company. Yeah. They're, they're, st- they're sticking with the company, and this is part of the keeping talent. In a nutshell, a signing like this is a pretty big statement for Ring of Honor. What do those two guys in particularly bring to the table for a company like Ring of Honor giving all the competition that's happening right now? It puts them in the in the running, uh, to be honest with you, in the running for future successful partnerships with other promotions. And the reason I say that is because of the entire situation between New Japan Pro Wrestling, AEW, and the Bullet Club. And again, we'll get to that in a second, but obviously if you if you have if you haven't been living under a rock you know that one of the biggest and most successful factions in New Japan Pro Wrestling is Los Ingobernables de Japón headed up by Tetsuya Naito well the other part of Los Ingobernables is now considerably set at least for the next few years in Ring of Honor. Although they're not called that. No, they can't. Technically, yeah, <laughs> they can't call. Yes. I mean, they're both they're both from the same faction. Yes. They're they're both Los Ingobernables because in Mexico that's what they're called. They're just yeah. called Los Ingobernables. But being that Naito has brought his stable to Japan, they are of Japan, you know. Yes. Right. So uh, Roosh and and his dad and his uh, that's his what his brother right yeah his brother yeah so they brought their part of the faction to Ring of Honor and they're not calling it just Los Ingobernables porque they're not just in Mexico so that's why they are called uh, Faccion de Los Ingobernables which is fine by me uh, I'm just I'm all for them being there and uh, it's it makes for exciting TV. You've 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 definitely put them. That stable has put them again in in that picture to where they could have quite the crossover um, partnership with just about anybody who they decide to get into business with. To be honest with you. And I can't wait. Like again, it 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 opens up the the opportunities that forbidden door as it's being called these days uh for for them to do business and and us see dream matches between companies that we may not see anywhere else absolutely so it's very important very very important um and then keep in mind too you've got you've you've got it's only three guys right now well well them and uh kenny king on and off Mm -hmm. but so three to four guys right now in a valet, which if I'm not mistaken, she's in training to Russell Russell, so she could potentially become like a working fifth member. But 
they're they're growing they're able to grow and that again that's exciting you always want to see stuff like that happen uh, whether you're an old school NWO mark or DX or what have you it was always exciting and it still is exciting to see your favorite faction grow and people turn against them or become one of them yeah it makes for interesting TV it would have made for even more interesting TV if uh, Killer Cross didn't sign that, that deal with WWE. Because he was a part of that faction. I know, I know. They had him, Joe. They had him. They had him. Man. What are you going to do? <laughs> now he's carrying Cross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my question also goes hand in hand with this here. Okay. Uh, it seems... This is a, a, a growing trend, and, and I'm I'm all for it. So, you've got again, you've got Bullet Club in different places now. Yeah. Whether whether you whether they want that, whether you want that or not, it's happening apparently. Uh, again, we'll get back to that later. But now and now you've got Los Ingobernables in three different places, three different companies. Um. What do you think of MLW not being a part of this? And and uh, what do you think? Is this a good thing for them? Is it a bad thing for them? Do you see them getting into into business with other companies, organizations, with or without factions? Three letters. Triple A. Because we we can't oh, that's right. we can't forget they're the dark horse and all of this. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, I was about to say Kenny King, Kenny Omega <laughs> is still the AAA Mega Champion. That's right. And most recently on uh, on Fusion, which is MLW's weekly show, you can catch it for free on YouTube. For free on YouTube, you can also catch it through one of our sponsors. Absolutely, twenty x twenty three dot com slash podcast slash fight. That's F I T E. They're on there every single Wednesday night, uh, I think 8, 8 Eastern, 7 Central. One of the best hours of wrestling on, t- uh, on, on TV or the internet every single week. Also, again, too, if you are a new subscriber, you're going to get free credits on us that you can use toward a purchase of a show of your choosing. It doesn't even have to be wrestling. It could be MMA. It could be boxing. All that stuff. Um Again, that's 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight. Most recently, MLW set up a match with between Leo Rush, who is the middleweight champion at MLW, uh, against, uh, I, can't, I can't remember the match, but it was a, it was a triple-A. Uh, Laredo Kid. That's it. Yeah. And uh, I believe he is the Latin American champion. Yes. And so it was going to be a title versus title. I think they were even considering calling it a title unification match. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's official. No, I don't think I don't think it uh, it ended up being a unification match. Okay, but you still had the match. Yes, the match. Yes, you still had a cross promotion. So, so here's the thing: if if anybody is if the other companies are smart, what you're trying to do is be as unpredictable as predictably possible. And MLW is that is that company that has so much talent. You're talking Leo Rush. Yes, I'm getting Leo Rush over. I'm not a Leo Rush fan. 
of his character at least Leo Rush all of uh, you know L.A. Park and all and his sons you have Hammerstone you have uh, God help me out here the the Lawler yes Filthy Tom Lawler Filthy Tom Lawler and that faction Contra Unit Contra Jacob Unit, Fatu yeah. There's a lot of meat on this bone of, that's called Major League Wrestling. We're not just we're not promoting some some run of the mill like underground wrestling company. This is fucking legit. And you'd be you'd be crazy to not consider them at the very least. Now I get there's a lot of paperwork involved. I understand Matt doesn't always work that way. It's not that easy. I get it. Don't come at me. Don't come <laughs> at me with that shit. <laughs> But if you're smart, if you're Don Callis, if you're Tony Khan, if you're New Japan, I don't know who's running it these days as far as names go. If if you're those guys, you'd be absolutely bonkers to not talk about them. Put them in the conversation. And potentially AAA is that 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 gap to to, to bridge that tunnel because again, AAA, they're not talked about a lot. Mainly because they're not really running shows right now. Uh, I don't think there's been a AAA show all year yet. No. Um, but AAA is very much a part of this. They've been a part of this way before anybody else. So I, I truly feel that MLW has an opportunity. Now, to answer the actual question about them not being a part of this, here's the deal. If you're not part of all this, uh, all this great stuff that's happening, the forbidden door, if you will, the answer is going to be the same as Ring of Honor. Create talent. Keep talent. That's what you need to do. If you're not part of this, this, this revolving door, you need to focus on what you're doing. You need to make sure that your talent stays were stays with MLW because the last thing that you can afford right now is for them to say, "Ooh, I want a piece of that." And it's going to happen. It's already happened in the past with Major League Wrestling. That's it's actually kind of one of their curses that they have in that company that they lose talent, unfortunately. Keep talent and keep keep the things that you have working and keep them keep them in, in your sight because let's not forget that Major League Wrestling has a big contract with the Zone, and the Zone brings a lot of money. I mean, just ask Golden Boy Productions or whatever they're called. De La Hoya's boxing. Yeah, it's Golden Boy. Golden Boy. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to be said about that, and it, it kind of goes hand in hand to why you you'd be crazy not to put them in the in, in the talks of it if you're the other guys, because that gives you the Zone. That gives you opportunity for more because the Zone's huge internationally. They're a very big. Uh, streaming service in 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 other parts of the, of the world, and why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you want that more exposure for for your guys? There's a lot of opportunities for there. If if not, at the very least, MLW has an opportunity to just continue the path ahead and focus on on these big projects themselves and make sure that they got that cash flow coming in to continue getting better with their shows. Continue getting more, uh, more of an audience base, and uh, continue to have their talent stay with them because it's lucrative to stay with them. 
those are things you got to focus on. Ideally, you become part of that revolving door, but if not, that's that's what you got to do. It's it's not it, it's not glamorous, but you know it's it's business, unfortunately. Let's step away from all this revolving door stuff a little bit, but we're also not going to because it's kind of a big thing going on. But I I do want to talk about some of the bad. Some of the, what I feel has been the bad. And that's <laughs> bad. That's bad, okay. And that's that's some of the booking that the booking the the answer booking to post hard to kill. Now we talked about it last week. Rich Swan gets pinned by Kenny Omega, May, is made to look extremely weak against Kenny Omega. And then what is his response? I'll tell you what his response is. His response. Is he marches in that ring and he gives Tommy Dreamer a birthday gift by giving him a shot at the Impact World Championship at the No Surrender event, which is Impact the Impact Plus exclusive event? That's his answer? Joe, in a nutshell, what the fuck is up with that booking? <laughs> Well, you know, we, we talked about that that partnership, uh, AEW and Impact, and you know, we we had brought up the the unfortunate situation that hey, it seems like this is a one sided fucking business uh, partnership. Yeah. Or it seems like AEW is getting all the benefits. Now, with all that being said, Impact. They, you still have, and and this isn't just impact. It's whoever's involved in both sides of this, or, or every side of this, this business uh, deal. You have a responsibility to your own company to keep your identity, and I think now more than ever, when it comes to professional wrestling, you have to do that. You have to. You have to keep your own identity because otherwise it all becomes the same shit. And that's what you don't want. Like right now, you know, we're still watching uh, VXS Into Deep on IWTV and just the overall look and feel of it is different. Mm -hmm. It is clearly different than anything I've ever seen even, even for other indie, small indie promotions. Like, I can't wait to sit and watch this show, like fully enthralled, you know, with with without my uh, attention being divided at the moment. But that's the thing with Impact. You, <laughs> yeah, it is a what the fuck moment because it's like, yeah, what the fuck? Like, shouldn't he be addressing Kenny Omega? He should. Now I don't know because of their their taping schedule. I know I I could tell you this right off the bat, their taping schedule has been ramped up to where there's lesser days in between because of the AEW situation, and there's already been confirmed reports that there's talent that's not Impact that's going to be at those future tapings. With that being said. Maybe, maybe this was something that was pre-taped, mm -hmm. you know, weeks in advance to where they didn't have any choice but to air it, you know, because that was what was there. 
And if that's the case, hopefully they correct the situation sooner than later because, yeah, you're right. Like, it, it really was a what-the-fuck moment. You're like, wait a minute. This, all this important shit goes on, and then you're going to give Tommy Dreamer a fucking birthday gift. Yeah. You know? And then that's supposed to be your possible main event for your next big show. Yeah, but by the time you guys listen to this uh, episode, it, it's coming up the weekend of, this, of recording this. It's happening Saturday, this, this, obviously December. Saturday, February 13th uh, on Impact Plus. Guys, I, I don't, I just don't get it. I don't, I don't understand that booking. The card's actually pretty solid, minus that. Look, Tommy Dreamer's a big part of this industry, I get it, but he's 50 years old, he's going to be 50 years old, or he, he's 50 years old now, and obviously his prime is way behind him. He's not in the title picture up until that episode of Impact, which was... Which was the fucking like week the the, the 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 impact after Hard to Kill. He he gets dropped by Kenny Omega, gets pinned, and then three days later he said, "Hey Tommy Dreamer, <laughs> you want a match on your birthday? What the fuck? It, I I just I, I was so dumbfounded. Here I am watching Impact because I'm trying to enjoy the show, and." They they give me this bullshit. You know what would have made more sense is if he came out and he like he still could have did that with Tommy Dreamer, but he should have addressed Kenny Omega and made him feel like so insignificant or made him sound so insignificant. Like I'm not even worried about Kenny Omega because that championship don't mean jack shit. Yeah, this is the real world title. Yeah, if he would have come out and did something like that. It would have meant so much with doing very little. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I, they, I definitely would have appreciated that more. I don't know if, if fucking Tommy Dreamer wants some kind of bet backstage and they're like, dude, you owe me a title match. Come on, Scott Demore, Don Callis, you owe me this. You owe me this favor. All right, but at least, yeah, progress the fucking storyline. The only thing that I can say. And again, maybe this is not going to matter because by the time this is released, the show will already happen. The only thing that I can say is that some kind of shenanigans takes place. But the only shenanigans that I see taking place is Moose. Because Moose has got a problem with him being skipped in the title picture, which has kind of been a whole angle that he's been doing with that TNA World Heavyweight title. With all due respect to Moose, that doesn't do anything for me. It, it needs to be Omega or it needs to be an AEW guy. It needs it needs to be a BizCliz situation, if you know what I mean. That's the only way that works for me. Other than that, it's a it's a waste of an opportunity. It's, it's a waste of time. Sorry, Tommy, but it's just a waste of time. <laughs> Sorry, Tommy. <laughs> no mas, Tomas. <laughs> Shit. I'm also going to step away for the from the Forbidden Door for a second. Okay. Um, Monday Night Raw, the absolute worst, lowest rating they've had in quite a while, yeah. and also for WrestleMania season in in the past, I, I think it was like five or six years. Mm-hmm. So, 
with that being said, the only thing they have going for them at the moment, as as we record this, uh, talks of Bad Bunny training to do a WrestleMania match. Okay. Yeah. Talks of them getting Cardi B to do a couple uh, stints on Raw and possibly working some you know, being a part of WrestleMania. Yeah. And then the only other thing that they've really got going for them is Nia Jax's hole. So let me let me hip everybody real quick to what's going on. So Bad Bunny makes his uh, makes a, a, a musical appearance. No idea who that guy is. At at the Royal yes. Rumble. Uh, major recording artist these days for whatever that's sure. worth. Yeah. Um, it's not my cup of tea. No, not mine either. And it's funny because uh, they're touting him so much be- for for a couple reasons here. Mm-hmm. One, uh, diversity. He's uh, he's Puerto Rican. Okay. And that is a demographic they would always love to get involved in their viewing okay. on the WWE Network, which we can give you a taste of for free. 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Network. That's all one word. Get a, a, a free taste of the network and all they have to offer. But um, so Bad Bunny makes his his debut. Uh, he does his his Booker T song, and then later gets involved with the match that involves Miz and John Morrison. And I'll I'll, I'll I, I definitely want to say this. Mm-hmm. His his move off the top rope, his his uh, flying body splash, hit better than Snoop Dogg's from uh, AEW. Yeah. So I'll give him that much. But now there's talks of him doing either a match, I believe a match, a tag team match, mm-hmm. uh, him and somebody versus probably Damian Priest. Yeah, probably Damian Priest against uh, Miz and Morrison. So that's how he's involved in this. Uh, Cardi B, uh, now a few months ago as of this recording, she had been brought up or mentioned on Raw, and she had remarked on social media how she used to be a fan growing up, and uh, you know, and whatnot, and uh, she had made the comment about like being tough or some shit, or like she's tougher than, than the women on there. Okay. And Lacey Evans came out and pretty much put her in her place on social media to the to the point where Lacey Evans was like, look, how about this? How about you bring your loud mouth over to me and I'll play your music while I'm beating your ass to it? How about that? And ever since then, there's been a, a little bit of legit heat between the two. So they're working on bringing Cardi B in mm-hmm. to kind of get that that uh, extra exposure again for what it's worth because I don't know this all sounds wonderful (laughs) (laughs) please Uh, but yeah that's that's yeah that's where they're headed with those two things and then the other Mm -hmm. the only other thing again the third thing I mentioned that Raw has going for it is Nia Jax's hole she apparently um, she it, the move wasn't botched. It was set up to be that way, but she ended up hitting her butt crack 
near her tailbone, right on the ring apron on the corner. Mm-hmm. And it caused her to say, ow, my hole, on live TV, which, if I'm not mistaken, they ended up blurting it out. Yeah. Because of... Uh, the delay. Because of the delay. Yeah. So they were able to blurt it out, but uh, it has become a, a talking point, albeit a low one, mm-hmm. no pun intended. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> are we living in a fucking bizarre world? Like, what is going on? I mean, we're talking about Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Such a flagship show over the years. Uh, this, this is all they've got going for them. What, what gives, bro? I mean, even before Bunnies and, and Cardi <laughs> and, and B's and, yeah, <laughs> and, and Holes, like, even before we did, were doing that, we, uh, you know, you had the, the Alexa Bliss segments where mid-match she's she's changing her persona. That's right. In the middle of the match, yes. and we're getting that stuff. We're getting fireballs. We're getting uh, blood coming from her nose or whatever, or yeah, mouth, her or, mouth, or whatever. And it's like orifice, orifice. And it's like I'm watching this. I'm watching. I'm watching it for you guys, ladies and gentlemen, so I can stay current on on WWE. And it's it's so it's 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 so nonsensical that it's it's reaching all time low for me because I what I used to say was this is like 2000 WCW. It feels like it, doesn't it? It did. It did. Now it's worse, bro. It. Vince Russo looks like fucking Steven Spielberg of wrestling (laughs) compared to what I'm fucking watching every Monday night now. Oh, man. It is is like taking dog shit and just shoving it down your throats and saying, God damn it, pal, this is the best thing you're going to eat all fucking week. Damn, that's horrible. I don't know who the fuck Bad Bunny is. I don't give a shit who Bad Bunny is. I don't. I don't care about the diversity section, all that stuff. There's a lot better ways to get diversity. Here's one way: don't wait fucking a, a decade and a half to, to not treat Carlito like shit. That's there's, a good point. There's one way to create diversity, but you know, no. Let's bring in some fucking singer rapper guy named Bunny. Cardi B, I don't know shit about her music. Don't care shit about her music. Clearly, she's not a wrestling fan because she she said she used to be. I'm not going to name any names, but this goes back to the conversation that I had on our trip to All In. You remember that trip? Yes. About Ronda Rousey. Yes, yes, I do. And how Ronda Rousey does not need to be in a main event to get the women roster over. And somebody particular said that this bringing attention to the show short term yeah you're right long term it's damaging it it is same thing with bringing bad bunny bringing cardi b i'm not even gonna fucking touch on the whole part <laughs> i don't want to okay touch, you can touch your hole i don't want to touch nia Jax's hole no <laughs> i'll pass <laughs> Um, you bring in somebody like like a Bad Bunny, Cardi B. If 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 Cardi B is for sure going to be there, ba- Bad Bunny, I can pretty much say is almost a guarantee that he's going to have yeah, a match. Yeah, 
He's you know you had the Royal Rumble spot where Miz broke his 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 sound his system or yeah. yeah whatever it was, and then the very next night there you know he was involved in in the Damian Priest Miz match or Morrison match whoever whoever it was. That's pretty much a guarantee that's going to happen. The Cardi B situation, if that does happen, I can see it happening. And I see what they're doing here. It's it's very obvious what they're doing. They're trying to get eyes on it because Ron, what about what did Ronda what did Ronda Rousey bring to the table? She brought ESPN. She brought Fox Sports. She brought Forbes. She brought all these other fucking entities and like come look at WrestleMania. Great, awesome. WrestleMania does extremely well, as it should. Problem is, Ronda Rousey is a shitty wrestler with an even shittier attitude towards the business, if we often forget about that. Doesn't understand the concept of being a heel. That's actually not a bad thing in pro wrestling. Uh, Someone forgot to train her on that part. (laughs) But also, what happens afterwards? She goes away. What's gonna happen after WrestleMania? He, uh, with 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 Bad Bunny, he's gonna go away. Cardi B, she's gonna go away. You're gonna bring in all these entertainment sources. You're gonna bring in. Oh my God, Cardi B is gonna face this Lacey Evans guy. It's gonna get Lacey Evans over. No, you wanna know why? Because Lacey Evans is gonna get fucking dropped by Cardi B, and she's gonna lose to Cardi B. How does that help the product? How does that help the long term product? You you see somebody. Get, get beat up by somebody who can't fucking wrestle. They're going to watch your WrestleMania. It's going to be successful. But Raw's not. Yeah, there's a big difference between having Bob Euchre, like, do guest interviews backstage. Getting choked by Andre the Giant. Yeah. Than him actually being involved in the match. Yeah. You know? There, that's and, and that's... That's the main point here. If you're going to have celebrities and whatnot, that's fine. I get that. Because you're right. In the interim, it does bring eyes to the product. And you do want that cross-exposure. But you also don't need them to get involved to a, uh, in, in such a very like superficial manner. Because if you're doing that, those eyes... More, especially these days, now more than ever, they're potentially just going to go elsewhere. Yeah, and and in the long run, it's it's not helping because it's you're not getting your talent over. And guess what? Your talent is the backbone of your program, regardless of whether you consider yourself pro wrestling or sports entertainment. It's still the all the action that keeps the show together and and as a whole like the main point you're watching it is to watch people inside a ring do shit to each other yeah so if that's right. not happening in a in a meaningful long-term way then it's not going to be there for a long term right and that that's what i think a lot of people don't understand or refuse to understand or or, or whatever the the reasoning there is. It's a very simple. It's a, it's a it's a very simple setup here. You, in order to look strong, you have to, you have to get over. You know, if, if no matter how good The Rock was at cutting promos, it would not have mattered a fucking tiny bit if Road Dog pinned him every single week. 
Right. Wouldn't wouldn't matter. I'm not trying to take shots at Road Dog, but he's not as big of a star as The Rock was. He does all that work, and now you so you put Rock versus Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, because that could have been a match in 2000. Mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger pins The Rock. What does that do for The Rock? Nothing. Not a damn thing. You can sit there and say, oh, people, now people who didn't know The Rock know The Rock. Yeah, but they're not watching. They they watched WrestleMania. That, that's it. That's it. Yeah. You know, what's 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 an old saying? You know, you... Something about, you know, you, you teach a man a, a fish to eat for life. Well... That, that kind of applies here. If you if you're just giving them WrestleMania, that's it. You're getting WrestleMania. But if you if you yeah, you get eyes on the product, and then you get the other talent over. Like you bring you want to bring Cardi B. Have her fucking do a song, or something. That's it. Have her have her. You know you want to get in a few with Lacey Evans. Fine. You know what they used to do? They used to like like Ozzy Osbourne coming down in the ring with with the British Bulldogs. Ozzy Osbourne didn't wrestle. He wasn't going to get in that ring. Exactly. Just have her do that. Have her come down there, maybe do a fucking remix on somebody's song or some shit like that. It doesn't matter how I feel about the fucking lady. I, I, you know, I get she's popular and, and does a lot of, is very successful in in whatever music she does. So do that. That's going to bring, it's going to bring attention. Cardi B is going to be at WrestleMania. Boom. That's a, that's a headline there. And then whoever she's coming down in the ring with, that person and that person's opponent have a great fucking match. That's what you're trying to sell. You know what Cardi B is to anybody in retail? They'll understand it. Anybody in grocery, Cardi B is the pop. <laughs> she doesn't do shit for the company, but she gets asses and doors. Yep. And that's it. That's, that's all it. she needs to do. But uh, you know, you and I are kind of like we got a really good flow here because we're kind of thinking alike here. I want to. My next question is going to segue. Uh, right back into WrestleMania because Jim Ross was recently talking, asked about uh, you know WrestleMania cards over 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 the over the past you know X amount of years, and then I, I I understand what he said, but I have a I have an issue with what he said, and I'm not gonna I'm not I don't have the the, the direct quote right in front of me here, but uh, he talked about he talked about guys. Guys and girls not getting on WrestleMania cards, and feeling that people that are not getting on cards that they, you know, they ask themselves, what do they do wrong, or this has got to be a political thing, or you know, what have you. There's, there's always an issue, and according to Jim Ross, and I agree with this part, that just because you are on the roster does not guarantee you a spot on a WrestleMania card. That he's not going to put anybody on a card that isn't going to essentially do the get the job done okay that's a fair point i don't know if jim ross meant what i'm about to say and bring up to you because this, this has been an issue with me for quite some time now but you get a lot of you get a lot of that where it's like oh you got to earn a wrestlemania card all cardi b and, and bad bunny aside how do you explain Snubbing guys who have been busting their ass, guys and girls. By the way, when I say guys, I just I mean people. Um, you snub guys that are have been busting their asses all year round, but WrestleMania comes along and you you snub them from the WrestleMania card for the only reason 
because we got to bring in part-timers like Edge, like Triple H, like Bill Goldberg. How do you explain that to somebody for not getting onto a WrestleMania card? Jim Ross. You know, you bring up you bring up an interesting point and and I have I didn't hear him make the statement so I couldn't tell you much more than whatever he said. Uh, and I don't know how he meant it, but you bring up a good point. And that's the thing. You know, you obviously there is uh, whether whether we would like to admit it or not, you know, there's plenty of talk about your quote unquote WrestleMania payday and how certain uh, people over the years have been snubbed from it. And it's important to these guys because, you know, at the end of the day, they are independent contractors. They are working for themselves. And that's part of being a sports entertainer at the very least, if not pro wrestler. You want to get paid for what you're doing to your body, right? Should be fucking simple yeah. math. Right. You know, over the years we've had... Um, We've had people like Austin Aries come out, and uh, and Pac. And, and, yeah, the, know, the, the infamous cruiserweight know, championship yeah. match on the pre-show of WrestleMania. So you know they got booted off of the 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 Blu-ray sales, and so they didn't get the the proper payday. Neither one of them, and they should have. I mean, that was a hell of a match. <laughs> Best match on the show, right? And it took it took place during the fucking pre-show, yep. so they they got no no extra money for doing it, which is horseshit to a lot of people. And you know you have you have more than more than uh, enough of those situations over the years where certain talent that should have been given that extra payday or that extra opportunity that it was just taken away from them. Also listening to to another podcast, uh, one of Conrad Thompson's podcasts. God, he's got so fucking many these days. But <laughs> it might have been, Ar- yeah, it was Arne Anderson's podcast. Okay. So they were talking about a similar situation. And uh, I think it was the second Backlash show. There was an incident uh, right around the time Daniel Bryan was retiring. Okay. And Vince was Vince was there, and as he was going to the back, after um, everything had been said outside, out in the ring or whatever, Vince was heading back to the, you know, back beyond the, the Titantron. Uh, Titus O'Neil walked past, or no, he walked past Titus O'Neil as he's going up the ramp, and Titus O'Neil was trying to be funny, and he grabbed Vince by the arm, to like. Like, hey, like, get his attention. Like, hey, ladies first. That kind of thing. Just to mess with them. And maybe it was just ill timing on Titus O'Neil's part. But Vince got pissed off and kind of shoved Titus away. And it got caught on camera, on live TV. And Vince walked away pissed. And because of that... Titus got suspended for 60 days without pay and the reason that was cited was the, essentially like un, unsportsmanlike conduct or some shit like that unprofessional 
mannerisms, what have you. And, and it's like it's okay to push your employee though. <laughs> <laughs> but it's shit like that, and yeah. he, so that because of that, I bring that up because mm-hmm. because of that incident, he got no WrestleMania payday. And Batista apparently at the time had ponied up for Titus, like, hey, you know what? That's fucking bullshit. You know, just because he rubbed Vince the wrong way on one fucking day, now all of a sudden he's out of fucking payday. He's clearly capable of adding adding some uh, value to the show. Mm-hmm. You can't get over your fucking self, and it costs it costs the viewers. So shit like that goes on constantly year after year, whether we hear about it or not, or we hear about it way after the fact with WrestleMania. And you're right. You're you. You're, I, I love your point because you have guys and girls and people who bust their ass to get a shot at WrestleMania, not just for the payday, but for the notoriety. Right. To do you know a lot of we always talk about that. A lot of talent these days, whether they uh, whether that's their main reason for being with the WWE or not, but more often than not, it's that hey. I want my WrestleMania moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I want that big moment. And how would you feel? How would you feel if you did all this this hard work to lead up to that and then be told, I'm sorry, we don't have anything for you. Right. Or some bullshit goes on, like what happened with Titus O'Neil. So, it, it is. It's a fucking shame. And, you know, okay, you, you have these part-timers come in, there goes the payday. Because now they're taking it. And again, ultimately, what does it do? It adds short-term value, but there's no long-term value. Right. There exactly. isn't. Because you're. I could tell you right now, someone who looks at... Someone who looks at uh, Cardi B going to be at WrestleMania mm-hmm. is not the same fan that's there because of what happened between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart. Years and years and years ago. Right. Two completely different fans. They're there for two completely different reasons. And you want the person that was there for Hart and Austin. Because guess what? That means they kept coming back. Yeah. They're really interested in your product. Not just because fucking Cardi B is showing her wet-ass pussy there. Yeah. So. Well, they're the, those, the, the other fans... The Austin and Hart fans, as you mentioned, they're the ones buying merchandise. They're the ones that might be subscribing to the WWE Network or for Peacock for that reason. Mm-hmm. The they're the ones that again might be you, you want them to tune in to Raw and SmackDown and NXT. The point of WrestleMania, then, if you're trying to sell WrestleMania, it, it, that's 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 short term, that's short sighted, near sighted. You want to sell WWE as a whole. So you want to take WrestleMania, all eyes on WrestleMania, but you want to sell everything. Everything. You want to sell you want you want to sell the network, you want to sell Raw, you want to sell SmackDown, you want to sell NXT. You, you be I don't know why. I don't know why they even bother with this fucking promotion, but you should be even selling NXT UK. Have a fucking some kind of advertisement for it on that fucking show. This is what we have to offer. Have a match. Have a match. Why the fuck is NXT UK not advertised anywhere? Anywhere. It's like it doesn't exist. 
Why? Why? And, and then we're supposed to get excited about NXT India, so and, you can do the same exact thing. Well, and you know what? And I, I also don't want to hear like, oh, well, because of the pandemic, they're on lockdown. Well, guess what? It's okay for you to put together a fucking cinematic match, but you can't fucking pre-tape a match and just add it to the fucking one of the nights. Yeah. Even if it's fucking pre-show at this point, I mean, yeah. fuck. Right. You know, you want to you want to fucking highlight you know bunnies and Cardi B, but <laughs> you got a guy named Walter right now that will beat the shit out of anybody alive today. Yes, I, he will. <laughs> and and he's nowhere to be found on WrestleMania. No, nope, no. And but um, so like, I don't know why this is the only one I'm thinking of right now. But you go back to years ago. When John, when John Morrison and Molina were about to do that, that tag match, whatever, and Molina got bumped for Snooky, you remember that? That's right. And Snooky, Snooky, yes, the fucking Jersey Shore Snooky, <laughs> was in a match, was fucking terrible at it, and the the woman in Molina that was busting her ass for the company all year, in previous years. Whether you were a fan of hers or not, she was putting in work, gets bumped for an MTV celebrity. So now picture this. Picture, you know, somebody like, I, I, I don't know, uh, a Mandy Rose or a Carmella or Dana Brooke or... Because I don't think Sasha Banks or Bailey or Charlotte Flair, I don't think they're getting bumped. But, like, right. but somebody that has an opportunity, a Ruby Riots, you know, somebody like that, is going to not make the card so Cardi B can have a match. That potentially could happen. Yeah, it could. And how how do you explain to that person that, hey, thank you for all this work that you put in, and you're, you're going to be on Raw tomorrow. You're going to get a Raw match because nobody's watching it. But your spot is going to be given to Cardi B, who doesn't even watch wrestling anymore, according to her. It's great. It's great business. Damn same. Damn same. And now you wonder why I have a problem with a wrestleless WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, I'm going to switch gears again, and we're going to go back to the Forbidden Door. Okay. And uh, I am I am now conflicted about all of this. And what I mean is uh, AEW and New Japan doing business together. For those who, who are... Who didn't catch it? Here's what's going on. Really quick recap: Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers come out claiming their Bullet Club, the actual New Japan Bullet Club. Uh, you have Tamatonga at the very least saying, "Hey, you guys are the Bootleg Bullet Club. No one gave you permission." Yada yada yada. But Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers still come out. Wearing t-shirts the whole nine. Wrestling gear at that. And they perform as the Bullet Club. One way or another. And then Moxley, John Moxley shows up on New Japan. Uh, on a New Japan show. Which he's contractually obligated to by the way. Because he is their United States champ. Uh, he wants to face Kenta and 
Kenta rebuts by showing up on AEW TV. Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega is excited that he's there, but come to find out at the end of the program, Kenny Omega is shunned away by Kenta. Kenta basically told him, shut the fuck up. I'm not here to be friends with you. I'm here to beat John Moxley's ass. Add to all of that, we just found out Kenny Omega nor the Good Brothers had permission to wear any Bullet Club stuff in their performances at all, yet they're still doing it. Um, also now, the Young Bucks are kind of di- kind of divided over over all this because yes they are part of that bullet club on TV but Matt Jackson has come out and said it's over with the the forbidden door is no longer the forbidden door Nick Jackson has come out and said you'll probably see Kenta on AEW TV two weeks tops and then that's it Kenny Omega saying different we don't know, I don't know what the hell is going on anymore. You have Tangaloa pretty much saying, hey, I can't wait to come visit the new spot, meaning AEW. What gives, man? What gives? Is this something like, hey, this was just a tease and both companies were kind of testing the waters to see how things would go? Or is this just a big fucking miscommunication that's going to pan out just for something very short term? If there's one thing that I learned from the elite is that never take anything they say at face value. I don't buy into what the, what the Young Bucks say about it being a two-week top kind of a situation. I think the slow moving pieces are going to create a lot of buzz when the big things happen. Like we saw in the episode of Dynamite when Kenta comes in. It's a big fucking deal. People are going to talk. People are going to have a bunch of speculations. People are going to fancy book up, up the ass. And what this is doing is two things one it's taking all of that buzz and it's pissing on it and two it's giving it's giving you time and you as in everybody involved to continue to go at the pace that you want to go into because immediately fans and rightfully so I get it, it's exciting but fans are going to be all about, like, yeah, let's do this. Kenta, now who's going to come next? Is it going to be Tamatunga? Is it going to be Jay White? Who's going to come next? When is one of the other guys, one of the non-Bullet Club guys going to come in? And everyone's, just, and uh, all these people are, you know, all these fucking doors knocked down, which is great. Trust me, this is a fucking playground I want to play in, too. Somebody's got to slow the roll and be like, let's not buy into this. Let's continue to go at the pace that we've been going. 
That's what I think is really happening here. I don't buy in a lot of anything that, that Matt and Nick Jackson say. I'm fans of theirs, but they're not really good at kind of hiding the situation or, or kayfabe, if you will. And I really think that they're still exposing themselves as very much being a part of this. As far as the no permission aspect, as far as Bullet Club goes, with Kenny, uh, Kenny Omega, I know especially wore the, the Halloween Bullet Club and Hard to Kill. My get, my question is this. No permission from whom? No, no permission from New Japan. New Japan. So my thing is this. Were the other guys, my question I should say would be, are the other guys, meaning the, the real Bullet Club, mm-hmm. were they aware that this is going to happen? Was was there any kind of communication between no. Omega and, and, and the Tongans? From from the sounds of it, no. There was nothing. They there was a, It was much of a surprise to them as it was to everybody else. I mean, it's intriguing that Kenny Omega does that because he does that on somebody else's show, which is which is funny enough. Um, and, and you know what, too, uh, not not to take the piss out of it any more than it already has been, but can can Tama be really that mad, especially when he's getting residuals from Bullet Club T-shirt sales? Because I can guarantee you that Kenny Omega showing up on on anywhere with a fucking Bullet Club shirt on these days, I'm sure they they added uh, added some sales to those fucking T-shirts. Yeah, I think that's a no-brainer. I, I you know what? I tell you what, I I might be a little perturbed depending on uh, the situation, but at the end of the day, if someone else is wearing my T-shirt and making me money, and I'm I, I don't have to do shit for it. Guess what? I think I'll be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, as far as everything, the the overall question, if you will, I wholeheartedly stand by the talks that we've had in previous weeks. This is happening. This is it's clearly happening. This is not a fluke situation. Um, Kenta doesn't show up on AEW for. A one-off spot because, quite honestly, Matt and Nick Jackson, what fucking sense does that make? What sense does it make to advertise a championship match for a company that you apparently are not in bed with? And then that's it. What sense does that make? It makes none. So, if if they are telling the truth, they really need to rethink how they do business because that's fucking retarded. That's free publicity for another company that you're not doing business with or are you doing business for a company that you are doing you're advertising for a company that you are doing business with that also just signed a US deal with Roku maybe that's what you're doing I I also recently came uh, into the information <laughs> I also recently came into the information that this partnership between them two AEW and New Japan Apparently was supposed to happen way earlier, but it didn't because uh, I'm sure I'm going to butcher his last name, but Harold Harold Meiji, okay, uh, former head of New Japan, who's out now. Yeah, right. Um, they AEW had sent over its constituents to go handle that business. 
with Harold and smooth things over so that they could get into business with each other. And Tony Khan sent the Young Bucks. And Harold took it as a slap in the face because Tony Khan wouldn't show up himself. That's the reason why shit's just now starting to happen. So Harold Meiji's out. Whoever's in charge now, I forget his name. Uh, he he welcomed uh, AEW with open arms. Wh- whomever they sent over mm-hmm. there. Because I, I still don't think it was Tony Khan. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what do you think about that? Uh, how would how would you feel personally if if you were if you wanted to do business with with uh, another popular company in your industry and they sent over anybody but the boss? Well, in theory, I, I can see what he's saying. I can see his issue. I, I totally do, but. I shouldn't say in theory. Yeah, in theory, I can see the issue. I can see the issue with that. However, we're not talking about a boss that knows a lot about wrestling. He's a wrestling fan who has happens to have a lot of money. You want to talk business? You want to talk wrestling business? I would rather have the Young Bucks or Cody Rhodes sitting in front of me talking, representing... Tony Khan's company because for me Tony Khan I get he's a a successful businessman as far as his family is concerned but Tony Khan again he's the inexperienced guy in all of this and if you want to do legit business sending the Young Bucks or sending Cody Rhodes for me is even even if it was meant to be kind of a slap in the face whatever if, if that's really what it was meant to be which I don't see that at all yeah I don't see that as is that being the case right that's a slap in the face that actually benefits me because one, I can partner with a company that that's us based. That's what I want to do is westernize my product, make it, make it broader. I should say, have get more eyes on the product. And two, you actually have somebody that knows the business because when it comes to wrestling, just like any other, any other business, you need to know the product. You need to know the product that you're selling. Uh, so I don't have a problem with that. I, me personally, I would I would rather do that. Now, if you were, as much as I don't like the man, if I was doing business with WWE and he sends me John Cena, I, I, I got a problem with that. Okay. You know, because Vince McMahon's been in the business a long time. At the very least, you know, you give me something like Triple H or something like that. I'd rather do business with Triple H personally, but... You give me somebody that, you know, you've been in the business for a long time. You have decades in the business. You need to be handling this. Tony Khan is fucking brand new at, at this uh, well, particular and, You know what I also didn't think helped the situation was the way the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes left New Japan. You How know? they left everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's unfortunate and mm-hmm. to send them back over there to like, Hey, we want to do business. You know, that's a fair point. Yeah. That's a very fair point because as a fan, I am very bitter on how they left new Japan. Cause I, I feel nobody disrespected that the, that company more than they did with how they just said, you know, I'm never done. We're done. They just announced on Twitter. Not very, uh, not very good business for, uh, for, you know, seven-time IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. So that's, a, that's their thank you. Um, 
let's 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 talk about something here that uh, actually you know what? I'm gonna do. Let me say that for later. Let's do something a little more a little more different. A little more different. That's bad English there. But <laughs> <laughs> um, let's do things a little bit differently. Yeah, there How you go. That? There you go. Um, I want to talk about something that that debuted at Hard to Kill. Uh, different commentary team. Because I want to talk about this now that we have a few weeks in, into into the relationship now between these two guys. You and I have been very critical on Matt Stryker in the past, uh, especially during the WWE run, but really won us both over during his time in Lucha Underground. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just absolutely just fucking amazing work, guys. I can't fucking stress that enough. Him and, 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 and Vampiro had great chemistry together as well. Matt Stryker is now in Impact Wrestling. And he is now part of the commentary team along with D'Lo Brown. They debuted at Hard to Kill. They've been on Impact ever since. Matt Stryker coming to... uh, I I want you to talk about D'Lo Brown, but I really want you to focus on Matt Stryker here because Matt Stryker's a guy that I love about him. He reminds me a lot of Kevin Kelly. He tells stories while the match is happening. During all this, so I guess it's not as different after all because it's still forbidden door talk a little bit. Okay. During all of this, whether it's Impact Wrestling or everything else, how important is it? Of, of a, How big of a signing is that for Impact to bring in a guy like Matt Stryker who knows the business and knows how to get shit over? It's a big deal. It's, it's a big deal, and you know what? It's not just a big deal. It's, it's mandatory. Going back to uh, what Eric Bischoff said about TNA against all odds 2011, there was talks he mentions in that episode of his podcast. There was talks he tried to get Jim Ross into TNA pretty much from the get-go because at the time that he was talking about, you had Taz and Mike Tanay. That was their commentary team. And he's like... It was too much of one thing. It was two color guys, but no play-by-play guy. And it was too much of, of, of one one of those personalities and not enough of both. He's like, in order for, for any commentating team to get over, you have to have a color guy and you have to have a play-by-play guy. The play-by-play guy brings all that energy to the match that's his job that's his main function on that commentary team the color guy there is to 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 richen and deepen the experience for you with facts and stories and the whole nine and I couldn't have said it any better myself I wholeheartedly agree with what Eric Bischoff had to say and this is no different now Matt Stryker, obviously a lot more seasoned than D'Lo Brown. But guess what? You're either going to have Matt Stryker do it by himself and be Kevin Kelly. Yeah. Because Kevin Kelly not only does play-by-play really well, but he does color as well. Or just as well. Mm -hmm. So you're either going to have to have 
something like that going or D'Lo Brown has got to get his shit together and and become the play-by-play guy simple as that yeah otherwise this is not going to go anywhere real quick D'Lo knows a lot about the business obviously he's got plenty of experience I think he needs to get more comfortable behind a microphone yeah I think that's all it is um, just a little subsequent questions here. You got a very big free agent that exists. And I know he's, he's got issues mentally sometimes, but you have Marlon Ronaldo that is big time free agent. During all this, all this happening, do, do you see a, a spot for him somewhere in this forbidden door somewhere? There's definitely a spot for Mauro Ronaldo, but whether he accepts it or not is is really up to him. And I know part of the reason he left NXT was because of his ailing father. Okay. Um, I never knew the reason why he left. I knew he was. Yeah, gone. his father, if I'm not mistaken, ended up getting stricken with COVID and and is now going through the complications of surviving it but okay the other part of it was and again whether we want to admit this or not was Marlo Ronaldo's mental health yes you know he's he's come out and he's been open about it and and his his anxieties and whatnot mm-hmm. and uh, you know the WWE and and their work environment isn't always the best place for people in general sure right and and, mm-hmm. and for Mauro Ronaldo clearly it it took a toll on his mental health so I think no no matter where Mauro wants to go if he wants to say hey I want to go work for MLW I'm sure they'll have him same thing with impact I'm sure as long as they can afford him I'm sure they'll have him and to be honest with you I'm really surprised I haven't heard of any rumblings about AEW trying to secure him for one of their shows. Unless, and I, you know, maybe this is just me fantasy booking here, but they do have another show debuting supposedly later this year. Okay. Who's to say he doesn't show up on there? You know, you never know. Uh, I do wish him all the best, and I hope he's he's That's doing a hell of a lot better. And uh, yeah, I think I think no matter no matter where Mauro Ronaldo wanted to show up, he could just be like, "Hey, I want to go work for you guys," and they would just let him. They'd be a fool not to. Speaking of uh, the young bucks, I have a question for you that was that was uh, given to me by one of the fans of the show, and it's a really interesting one. So we've got a, a promotion like AEW, mm-hmm. Young Bucks, obviously a top talent, not just in the business, but also for that company. All things aside, if, and, and this is obviously completely fantasy booking here, but let's say you had a, a legendary team come into AEW that was older and, and legendary like actual legends. And the company wanted them to do a program with the Young Bucks. 
And for this example, I'm going to use the one given to me by the listener. And that is Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen. Jesus. Right? They come <laughs> in, they come in fresh off of their successful run in Japan. They show up in AEW and they want them to work with the Young Bucks. Does it even happen? Or is it one of those things where Brody and Hansen are like, Are you fucking kidding me? There's no way we would do business with little shits like that. Or vice versa, the Young Bucks are like, Hey, these guys are too old. We don't want to do business with them. What do you say? I'm, I'm really interested in, in, in your point of view here. So. <laughs> I know, that's a lot to swallow. Yeah. Um, the, the Young Bucks, I'm not calling them pussies by any means. Um, but they're no, they're no fucking Brody and Hanson. Yeah. Guys, yeah, never if, will be. If if you if you want to watch, if you want to even check out some of any other stuff, Stan, some Stan Hansen stuff, you gotta check out some of this stuff in Japan, especially. But here, here's here's my thing about this. It's hard to to even mention or or, or even to to even grasp this question because you're you're talking generational gaps, and I'm not I'm not, I'm not even talking about age here. Obviously, there's a there's an age gap, but. I'm talking about the the style of wrestling and where it's at today compared to where it's at now. You got guys like like Hanson and 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 uh, and Brody who are legit fucking tough guys going up there against two guys in the Young Bucks who are world class fucking athletes, and you have you're gonna have a clash of styles. And on paper, it sounds great. I don't know if it's gonna actually get over. On a on a in a match, the way that I they maybe we're hoping for it, it, it it's gonna be a fucking fight, and I don't know if the young bucks have experience in anything like that. I mean, I don't I don't know if there's any team today that you can even compare that to. On the flip side, the stories that I've heard about about Brody. More so than Hanson. He was obviously... I mean, he was pretty much always in character. From the moment he left home, he was always in fucking character. Yeah. <laughs> um, would he... Would he accept a match against the Young Bucks? I don't think so. I don't even think he would be in... You know something that you 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 throw it on a table in front of him. I don't care. I don't even know if there's a dollar amount that where he would be like, "Yeah, I'll do that. I'll go there and kick these little fucking kids' asses." <laughs> I, I don't. I just. I don't see it, man. I just don't. If the match does happen, I'll tell you what. Right now, you're not going to see Melter drivers. You're not going to see no. any of this other no. stuff. It's just. It's not going to happen. You're not gonna see super kick parties. No. You're gonna try to super kick Stan Hansen in the face. You're gonna get fu- you're gonna get a fucking you're gonna, you're gonna you're gonna get a fucking receipt right <laughs> at you from the get go. That's what I'm saying. Can the young bucks fight? I'm not calling them pussies. I don't fucking know them like that. I'm not gonna call a man out like that. But are the can they fight? I don't know if they can to that level. 
I don't I don't even know if this match is even going to be good. <laughs> and it's going to be an ass whooping. Someone's going to get their ass whooped. But I, as far as making it happen, I just don't know. The listener mentioned uh, what Bruiser Brody did to Lex Luger years ago yeah. in that cage match where Luger pretty pretty still green to the business mm-hmm. Brody wouldn't put him over even though that's what he was assigned to do yeah and he no sold everything that Luger was doing to him and Luger was like what the fuck is this guy doing and Bruiser's like I'm just gonna go in there and try to beat the piss out of him and not put him over and Lou, it got to the point where Luger was like fuck this like he's legitimately trying to hurt me now so I'm just going to leave. And he got out of the cage and just, he he quit the match. Um, I could easily see something like that happening with this and, and the Young Bucks, to be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, you know me. I don't ever shy away from a fight, physical, emotional, what have you. Sure. But I'm telling you right now, if I had to step in the ring with Bruiser Brody and or Stan Hansen, I'd really rethink what the fuck I was in there doing in there in the first place. Oh, you'd be ready for a fucking fight, <laughs> or man. I'd be ready for a fucking fight. It's right? A, it's, yeah, it's it's a fucking war, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I, again, one last tidbit uh, before we move on. I just don't know if the young bucks have that in their style. That's what I really mean. Yeah. By yeah, yeah. you know, um. That was kind of an old school question. So speaking of old school, kind of, it's I think it's important when we do the, the, the 20 by 20 by 20. We do it monthly. Again, ladies and gentlemen, um, we, we, we touch on a lot of things that we just, there's so much that happens in wrestling all the time. It's hard to touch on all these topics uh, in, in a particular episode. So we, we dedicate one episode where we get 20 topics and we hammer them out. Uh Here's one that's not really being talked about, and it should be. Okay. And that's the NWA. So, obviously, the NWA is kind of in fucking hiatus again. Yeah. Including the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. Now, the women's champion, NWA, Serena Deeb, she has a relationship with AEW. She's competed on Dynamite. She's even defended the title. She's also uh, one of the match agents Yes, for AEW. So she's got a, a partnership with the company. Cool. But my question here is, Nick Aldis, in 2021, I get we're, we're just in February, I know there's a lot of time left in the year, has wrestled one match for an indie promotion that I don't even think was even on YouTube. Okay. okay. Wrestles one match, does defend the title successfully. All this is happening. This revolt, this this forbidden door that we keep talking about is happening. At the very least, if you're not going to have a show, wouldn't this be a good opportunity to plug your company by having your world champion at the very least? show up on television because he hasn't done it all year yet and he hasn't done it for quite some time 
Nick Aldis has done great things for that title. I'm not taking that away from him. He's a tremendous champion. One of the best champions that we've seen in a long time for anybody, for any company. But he's not doing a whole lot for that belt right now. Is the is the revolving is the is the forbidden door the answer, or do they need to find something else? Judging by what you just asked me, you probably don't know what he said. So I'll, I'll hip you to what he said. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Nick Aldis has come out and and given his opinion on all this. Uh, no pun intended. But <laughs> I see. Yeah. That. He uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has said that these companies these days have too much talent on their rosters. Okay. This coming from a man who I I would say at the at the point we're talking about now, mm-hmm. there's got to be less than twenty wrestlers on the NWA roster. Yeah, that's a fair assessment, right? Pretty much, yeah. You know, Zicky Dice is gone for sure. James Storm, gone for sure. Uh, who else? Thunder Rosa, Thunder gone Rosa for sure. Gone, yeah. Ricky Stark's been gone. Yeah, Ricky Stark's gone. And they're leaving by the droves. And you know what? Uh, if anything has taught us over the years, when it comes to a company having a mass exodus of talent, there's something definitely wrong. And I really, truly feel like this is this is what's uh, going on with the NWA right now. I love the NWA. Anybody who knows me, who's listened to this fucking podcast, I'm NWA number one no matter what. But they're making it really, really fucking hard for me to see where they're where they're coming from right now. It's to the point where they're doing pay-per-view only shows, essentially, with another company. And though even those are few and far between. They're, they're not weekly, they're not monthly, they're just kind of like haphazardly all over the place. And again, all this is only defended at once on an indie show that no one's really seen. It's not, so, it's not advertised, not... I feel, and this is just my opinion, I feel Nick Aldis is taking advantage of the NWA. Again, I don't want to take anything away from him and the the prestige and honor and integrity, more importantly, Mm -hmm. that he has brought back to the 10 pounds of gold. Sweet Charlotte, as he calls it. Mm -hmm. Um... With that being said, you're also not doing anything for that title by sitting on your ass and not wrestling. It's as simple as that. Because you're not on social media touting how this is the real world title. None of that shit's going on either. So you're really, really not doing much of anything to get that title or your promotion over. That's a big no-no. And and, I, and what makes it worse on him, what makes him look worse, or what, what makes the NWA look worse is 
they keep touting, oh, this is, you know, we're on hiatus because of the pandemic. Well, guess what? AEW is still functioning somehow. MLW is back from their break. Mm-hmm. New Japan's back from their break. Everybody is seemingly doing some level of business. And I'm not saying you got to go all out. Right. You know? I don't want to put anybody in fucking danger. But at the same time, clearly, there are plenty of promotions out there getting away with at least, the very least, daily operation. So what gives? ICW, GCW, New South, Limitless. Very small companies. They're not NWA. They're, they're and at this competing. point, they might be bigger than the NWA, at least in size. Well, I mean, if they got more than 20 wrestlers. Like, fuck. <laughs> um, here's my thing. I'm not comparing the two by any means, but Matt Cardona, back in the day, was when he was Zack Ryder, mm-hmm. was not being used on television. And he took advantage of a thing called the internet. He was proactive. And got himself over. Kenny Omega, Rich Swan. At the very least, had a, we're, we're head-to-head in a six-man tag. World champion, world champion. You know how easy it is to get on your cell phone and type how none of those championships mean anything compared to the real world champion? You don't even have to have any permission from Billy Corgan or whoever's running no. the ship in, in the NWA. You get on there and you raise, at the very least, you raise eyebrows. Kenny Omega, AEW, AEW Championship, Rich Swan and his little Impact Championship, it's nothing compared to the 10 pounds of gold. Do something, man. Do something. That company is... It, 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 it frustrates me. I can only imagine what it's like being, you know, a... You're, I mean, you've been NWA essentially, you know, day one of, of your wrestling, you know, existence as far as being a fan goes. I can only imagine what that frustration is like because for me, it's beyond frustrating because it's... All you gotta do is fucking try. <laughs> yeah. Put in the effort. It's unbelievable. It's it's just... I wanted my answer from you and I got it and it's 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 about the same as what I expected it to be, unfortunately. I'm gonna go ahead... I got a few more of my uh, forbidden... I keep calling it... For, it's Forbidden Door, right? It is. It's the Forbidden for, Door. Forbidden Door. I mean, you could call it whatever you want, but that's what they're referring to it. Actually, you know what? Chicken butt. Chicken butt. Let's uh, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about something that is not Forbidden Door related. It's strictly Impact related. They they're coming up with some a, a very intriguing match that uh, is happening at at No Surrender. It's a triple threat revolver. Match. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, it's for the number one contendership to the X Division Championship. It's a triple threat match, but it, essentially, you get pinned or submit, you're out, and in comes another guy. Now, we've seen stuff like this before with with uh, turmoil or gauntlet style matches. Okay, but I've never seen it in a triple threat style. What do you? How do you think? Because by the, by the time everyone's listening to this, we, we've already have seen it. So I don't really want to talk about the match itself. But it's one of those weird gimmick matches. We've seen it time and time again. Some come, some go, some stay. What do you think when you first heard about this? 
What's what's your initial reaction of a triple threat revolver match? So, I, I want you to clear something up for me because mm-hmm. I'm a little puzzled as, as to how this goes. So, here here's how I interpret it. Yes. You tell me if I'm right or wrong. There's three spots in the match. A, we'll call them A, B, and C. So, spot A, spot, spot B, spot C. But each of those spots has three people tied to that. So there's A1, A2, A3, so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. Number one from each of those spots starts. If A1 gets eliminated by whomever, A2 steps in the ring. And they become the next participant. I believe and, so, yeah. And then so forth and so on until someone someone gets pinned or someone or the last person gets pinned I'm not sure that's where I'm a little confused but regardless of how this is supposed to go down it sounds complicated as fuck and I'm not above watching or taking part in complicated booking but it has to get over and I don't know. I don't know if this this is going to get over with with any audience. It might be too gimmicky, and I and too gimmicky. I, you know I I want mm-hmm. I hate using that like because <laughs> like I fucking love gimmick matches, but this might be this might be too too busy, too too much of a gimmick. Now it's it is the uh, it is the X division. Now, the current X Division, I'm not taking any shots at it, but it's nowhere near the X Division that I started with. Damn! No. It's, not, <laughs> it's not the AJ Styles, Samoa oh, yeah, Joe, yeah. Christopher Daniels X Division. I think it works beautifully in that division. I think it works beautifully. I'm not so sure about an X Division that, you know, we're talking. Davari, we're talking, Tra- uh, not Trey Miguel because he's great, but like a, a suicide of whoever the hell he is now. I'm, yeah, I'm not right. sure who's playing him now. Suicide, Manic, right? Who else is in there? Uh, well, Manic is TJP, and he's got another match that night. But you do got Ace Austin. You don't do got... mean they won't use him twice. Yeah, don't mean they won't use him <laughs> twice. You know, Blake Christian, Chris Bay, Josh Alexander, who's. I, again, great wrestler, but he's a Mac technician. He's a submission wrestler. Uh, Trey Miguel's in there, and, and Willie Mac is back uh, after that uh, hellacious uh, I Quit match um, last month against uh, against Moose. Um, I'll I'll find talent. I'm 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 not shitting on them, but the X Division has taken on a whole different a, a whole different. Uh, A whole different way of doing business okay. than, than what it was before. I mean, I know the X Division was no limits and all that stuff, and that was kind of gimmicky in its own right. But you had the the, the more fast-paced style, the more, I don't know, you, you just, it was just a different breed. It was, only, it was only the best way I can describe sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. And I just don't know, I just don't know if we have that chemistry with these guys yet. You had chemistry with... Joe and Styles and Daniels, you had chemistry with all those guys. I just don't know if you have it anymore. I I want to see it work. I, I I love new new matches so long as they 
you know, they they, they work, and we'll that see really, how, they, how they play it out. That really worries me that you say that because if you think about it, mm-hmm. these these are guys who are on the impact roster. Yeah, as normal roster members. Yeah, like they're around each other all the time, whether it's training or actual entering matches. So. For you to sit there and tell me, like, I don't know if this is going to work very well. Like, don't you think by now they should have some sort of fucking chemistry going with one another? Well, the problem with with, with, with Impact Wrestling is that they change shit up too much. You know, you, I, 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 like we talked about earlier with Kenny Omega one day and Tommy Dreamer the next. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you have to have some kind of consistency. What, what... Why did Joe and and Styles and Daniels have so much chemistry? Because they fucking fought each other all the time. Yeah, yeah. And what se- what seemed like overkill, in most cases, would be, but fuck, they made it work. That was such a great time in TNA as well. Uh, I I just got a couple more here. We'll cut it a little short because, uh, well, I mean, my partner and I we've actually been we've been we've been working on a lot of new changes, Joe. Um, Joe and I will talk about it at the end of the show. So it's not going to be quite 20 by 20 by 20. Uh, and, and there's a good reason why we've been really working hard on on a new and improved 20 by 20 ring crew that we're going to give to you uh, in the upcoming weeks um, for our third year anniversary, if you can believe that. Uh, so I got two. I got, I, got a, I got kind of a fun one, and I got a really big one that, it's fantasy booking galore and it's nothing new to anybody because everyone's been talking about it but we gotta talk about it it's not official until we talk about it um <laughs> I like your thinking <laughs> AEW mm-hmm. they got a video game coming out at some yeah, point at some point uh no official release date as of this recording I don't think we're gonna get it this year honestly I I don't rush it make it good um <clears throat> Revolving doors, or forbidden doors. I keep gotta get it right. Forbidden it's doors. Right. Uh, back in the day, you had you had wrestling games that had multiple different companies in one game. Okay. AEW's got a video game coming out. What if, business wise? What if they said, you know what? We're in a day and age of DLCs. What if we had a New Japan DLC? What if we had an Impact DLC? Do you see this going beyond? I know that, again, ladies and gentlemen, I know it doesn't work. It's not that easy. Don't come at me with this. I know there's (laughs) contracts that got to get involved. I know people got to get paid for this. So assuming they get all that figured out, all the paperwork done, business-wise, is this a is that a good idea to to include other companies into your video game? And if so, how fucking big of a deal would that be? I already see a lot of conflict with this because if it's supposed to be an AEW game, mm-hmm. and then you've got you have other companies coming in even if they're just DLCs again like if I would if if AEW's putting out a video game and let's say I'm New Japan 
I would have a problem with like, why don't I just take the time and get my own shit developed, you know, instead of being just an add-on to your to your game, you know. It's one thing to have to set up a territorial scenario or, or business situation mm-hmm. with wrestlers and, and in-ring content. It's something completely different when it comes to something like video games. Sure. Um, but with that aside, like that would be fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And and truthfully, like I think we would need to ask anybody who's played any of the WWE. 2K games that that have been able to have imported characters in mm-hmm. because if I'm not mistaken because I don't play it but if I'm not mistaken there's plenty of places on the internet you can find those character packs well it's, you, know? you, you get them you get them right well, you have you have your DLC the official DLC and then you no have no no like, I get that but I'm saying like you have fans like that create the, yeah yeah and then they import it's, them into, it's it's I mean WWE the, the 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 game is set up to where it's Anyone can post on it. There you go. And besides licensing music, it's all whatever you want it to be. So, in your experience, mm-hmm. how how popular of a thing has that become with add, adding wrestlers that aren't supposed to be there or aren't available? Oh, it's huge. It's huge, it's huge right? Yeah. So, there you go. I think I think that's your answer right there. So, <clears throat> my thing for you to you is. I hear what you're saying about New Japan. Why don't I have my own? Why just do my own game? A couple of reasons why I, it, this is a perfect storm for for this scenario. Impact Wrestling had a video game. I liked it, but it didn't do well. Right. They're not in the business of doing a video game right now. No. It's not in the cards for them. New Japan, they have a video game, unofficially, officially. It's a mobile game, isn't it? Well, I'm referring to the console game, Fire Pro okay. Wrestling. Okay. Uh, Fire Pro Wrestling World is not technically an official New Japan game, but it basically is. Sure. Um, but it's also 16-bit graphics, and that's only going to appeal to a small amount of, of fan base. I love it. It's a great game. You want to westernize your product? You don't look into making a video game of your own, because... Somebody else is already doing it for you. It costs money. It costs money to do that. And maybe maybe in a few years, sure, I'm not saying New Japan doesn't have the money, but it's a perfect storm because right now for the few if, if, if AEW's video game gets released today or this year, you would I would I would wholeheartedly agree with New Japan releasing a, a, a doing a deal where they got exposure right away with a certain amount of talent. You know, even if it's ten guys or less, and put them on an AEW video game, and seeing how that goes as far as releasing a whole new game. Because if they were big, if they were in the market of doing a video game, we're talking about a Japanese video game company, or we're talking about a Japanese wrestling company, and Japan besides the United States, even more so, Japan is fucking king for video games. And New Japan doesn't have a fucking game yet. So, they're really not in the market of doing that. That's why I say that. 
this is the perfect storm for both companies to say, you know what, if AEW is allowing us and we can we can make it feasibly happen, there's no reason why you don't put that comp your company into somebody else's video game because you're just for what for different reasons you're not in the business of doing your own game right now. You're an avid gamer. Yeah. You've played the WWE 2K games. Yeah. You're familiar with all the custom characters. I'm using air quotes here because, you know. Sure. But are you happy with the 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 environment that you're able to play those characters in? Like, is there anything you would change? You have all the information you need mm-hmm. to... I would assume make AEW characters and or an AEW ring on WWE 2K. Yeah. Would you be set if, if given the time and the effort, would you be satisfied with doing all that custom in that game as opposed to having an AEW game or are you highly anticipating the AEW game because you know it's going to be something different than WWE 2K? Well, b- I, both. It's going to be it's going to be way different from WWE 2K because mainly WWE 2K doesn't even want to be WWE 2K anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, <laughs> tell me how you really feel, man. <laughs> but but uh, but also too, um, you know, you can create guys all day, but it's it's not authentic. And what I mean by that. You don't have, you can you can make it look like Kenny Omega all you want. Okay. You, you might be even get the move set, but maybe 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 not. But he'll never come out and say you know you'll never be introduced as Kenny Omega. He'll never come out to Kenny Omega's music. Okay. It's just it's not that the authentic Kenny Omega feel. I'm using just Kenny Omega here, but that, that includes anybody. Yeah. So you won't get you won't get Bullet Club because remember you can't do you can't do music. Like that's one thing I I I don't know 100% by Microsoft, but I know on Sony on, on the PlayStation console, on any PlayStation console you can't have music. They they forbid you importing licensing music because okay. for obvious reasons. Sure, sure, sure. So if it's not in the game, you, so you you can't you can you can do everything else. You can have Kenny Omega the cleaner. You can have Kenny Omega all. Golden Lover version, all the versions, current versions, you can have all of that, but it'll never be actually Kenny Omega, unless you know. So like you, you can create the guy, and it, you know, you know, you can have first name, last name. You can, you know, it can say their name on it, right? You're hoping that the selections that you have actually one's Kenny and one's Omega. If they don't have that, well, then you're just Kenny. That's it. <laughs> okay. yeah. You know, so <laughs> there's complications that come with that. You know, and it's it's a cool concept. It really is, but unless unless the creators of the game were to be like, let's let's put all this in there. Let's put a first name Tetsuya, last name you can put Naito. Obviously, you're being blatantly obvious that, like, hey, you can create them if you're willing to put in the time. Yeah. And now, therefore, they don't have to pay New Japan for that. Then fine. I, as as a as a gamer, hey, what it, what you do is whatever. I it, it works for me. But 
again, if, if that's not going to be the case, best case scenario for I'm I'm talking on a gamer's perspective here is to get those companies to be like let's piggyback off this game. And again, if Impact and and New Japan, I'm just sticking with those two for right now, were in the business to actually making a game themselves, then I would say maybe maybe not, maybe maybe not right now, but they're not. They're just they're just not. New Japan can, but clearly something has been, you know, because we live in a day and age now where you can buy nothing. Everything, nothing is regional locked anymore. You can buy Japanese games and play it on your on your North American PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch consoles. So that's not an issue anymore. They don't they don't have a wrestling game. It doesn't exist besides Fire Pro Wrestling World and the new mobile one they're about to have. The but new it, mobile, but that's one. like um, I think it's like puzzle based or, okay. or what have you. Okay. So so or yeah, tra- or trading card based. Okay, well, those are super popular these days, uh, as far as mobile games are concerned. I I, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to, 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 for the game regardless, even if it's all just AEW. I, AEW's got a tremendous roster, a lot of, a lot of good stuff there too. But I still see something up their sleeve, whether it's New Japan or 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 Impact or whatever. I still think that we're gonna see some stuff that. Uh, I mean, I hope so. <clears throat> I hope that's the mm-hmm. case. Uh, we're going to do one more. It's fantasy booking here. It's one everyone's talking about. We talk about Kenny Omega. He wants world titles. He's the AAA mega champion. He, of course, is the AEW world champion. He pinned the Impact world champion. Hopefully, they fucking do something with that soon. Yeah. Um, Kenta shows up. New Japan's in the, in the mix. Apparently just for two weeks. If you ask Mac and Matt and Nick Jackson, uh-huh. I call bullshit to that. We're gonna we're gonna assume bullshit to that right now. Then for for this particular question, he wants all the belts. New Japan's in the mix, so that include so that would include the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, who's got that title? Kota Ibushi. They got some history. Absolutely. Omega versus Ibushi. Does it happen? I and if so, how's it go down? I say the short answer is yes, but historically speaking, New Japan, and here's where it gets really tricky, we, you know, go back to our, our UWF episode, mm-hmm. which was like, what, 83? It was in the 80s for sure. It was sure. in the 80s, yeah. Um, <clears throat> you go back and you listen to that, and, you know, just to, in a nutshell, New Japan, like, strong arms other other people they do business with so if you're in the new, if you're in business with New Japan and you're in the New Japan ring guess what you're probably not going to get over a whole hell of a lot yeah i don't think any of that has changed and i mean look look at the look at how things are with John Moxley and and the whole Kenta situation he's got their belt right now and guess what as soon as they can make it happen, I'm pretty much guaranteeing you that he's not going to have that belt much longer. The moment they get those guys in the ring, mm. Kenta's going to win. That sounds more fixed in the Super Bowl. <laughs> it might be. It might be. But it really complicates things with this, this whole partnership with AEW. Because if yeah. you're not willing to play ball... 
to to that degree, you know, it's okay to to have have the match sanctioned and whatever, mm-hmm. but it's a whole nother thing if Kenny walks out with that belt. And I, and right now, I don't see that happening. Isn't it funny you say that about New Japan strong arming the competition when AEW is doing the exact same thing to Impact Wrestling? Right yeah. Now? <laughs> yeah, a little tit for tat there, huh? Because um, obviously, you know. Kenny Omega is the champion in his own company. He's a champion in AAA, so you know AAA is on board with that. Impact Wrestling has already allowed him to pin their champion, their top champion. Obviously, he didn't take the title, but he pinned them. Even in a non-title, like you know, New Japan does a lot of tag matches. Even if Kyoto Ibushi retains the title against Omega, which, quite honestly, if you ask Omega, that's how you would probably want it anyways. Do you see him at least getting over on Ibushi in tag matches? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, that, and that's how they play that off? Because right now, he's he's positioning himself as a member of the Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. It'd be different if he was walking in there as Kenny Omega, AEW, you know what I mean? Yeah. But being that he's trying to play as a Bullet Club member. Brother Jay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, I'm sure they're going to be okay with it. Because it's getting the Bullet Club over. It's getting the Bullet Club over. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I think you, you before we, we wrap it up, not a question related, but I think you, you hit a really important key factor here, key point here that everybody listening needs to pay attention to. Everyone that's watching it, whether you're watching it for the whole experience or you have an agenda of, I'm an Impact guy, I'm an AEW guy, etc., etc. Everybody's got to play ball. This is the only way this is going to fucking work. A forbidden door will, will, will just remain that, forbidden, if you're not willing to allow your guys to get over it. And, and I'll, I'll tell you a quick story here about missed opportunities. I used to work with a guy that was best friends with a com- with a guy who worked for a company called Another Realm Studios. Okay. Another Realm Studios, Chicago-based company uh, who which is ran which is run by uh, Ed Boone, one of the co-creators of Mortal Kombat. So he worked for Mortal Kombat during up until he worked for Another Realm Studios up until the second Injustice game. Okay. He told me a story about Mortal Kombat it was just called Mortal Kombat. It was basically Mortal Kombat Nine, and in this particular game, on the PlayStation Three edition and and the Vita version, Kratos from God of War was a guest character for the game. It's really kind of one of the first guest characters. God of War. <laughs> one of the first guest characters uh, that that series has ever had. Now they have a bunch every sure, game. Sure. Well, if you recall, Microsoft, the 360, Xbox 360, didn't have a guest character. Kratos is God of War. God of War is owned by Sony. So it's a Sony exclusive. Microsoft didn't get one. Xbox 360 didn't get a, a character. And that was not by design. They had it planned out to bring in Marcus Phoenix of Gears of War which is a Microsoft-owned entity. And they wanted to do Marcus Phoenix. They wanted Marcus Phoenix for the game. 
Microsoft said no because they didn't want Marcus Phoenix to be killed in Mortal Kombat. They didn't feel that it would be a good image for him to essentially be killed and his spine ripped out in the game. Okay. So, the deal never happened. The games, the game, the the production of the game moves on, you know, with you know, as normal and on schedule, and in about, I want to say he said it was about two months, a little, little under two months before launch, Microsoft calls Ed Boon, and says, "Hey, we want to put Marcus Phoenix in the game," and Ed Boon says, "You are you too fucking late? I don't have time for that." You had an opportunity. You didn't want to do it. We're not doing it. And Microsoft missed out on a golden opportunity to have their character in Mortal Kombat. Does that mean Marcus Phoenix has to be killed in the video game? Yeah. But everybody gets killed in Mortal Kombat. It's Mortal Kombat. Yeah. It's really silly to miss that opportunity. It'd be really silly for a company to miss out on this because they don't want their guys to get pinned by the other guys. Just remember that story. For anybody out there listening, don't be Microsoft. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, real quick, to add to the the whole um, Kota Ibushi, Kenny Omega thing. Yeah. It's already come out too. I don't know if you seen this or not, but there was a match between the Good Brothers and an AEW tag team on AEW TV recently, Mm -hmm. and the match ended up being heavily edited because of what they're dubbing Bullet Club shenanigans, meaning, uh, like, Gallows and Anderson were pretty much, like, making references to masturbation during the match a lot. Yeah. Things like that. Mm -hmm. So, they had to heavily edit that match just for it to air on their television. How do you feel about that? I mean, here you, you know, you want Bullet Club. You want everything that comes with it, all the the notoriousness and the notoriety. Yeah. But you're editing, you're heavily editing matches like that, all because they're making uh, an obscene gesture. This this is always going to be the problem when you're on uh, when you're yeah, on television, network television. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not, you know, I'm not discrediting that. I mean, it's obviously a big money, but um, beyond that, you know, if the I, I can understand it more being on on TNT than let's say if they did it on pay-per-view. Because if you do it like on pay-per-view, if you, if you edit it shit or you, you pan away from that, you can't do that on pay-per-view either. Then what you have is a company that's doing the exact same thing WWE would have done if the Bullet Club were to join WWE. It'd be a watered-down fucking version of a really good product. I don't know how well the Bullet Club, like the real Bullet Club. I'm not talking about ha ha he he young bucks are funny Bullet Club. I'm not talking about that <laughs> shit. Okay. Because to me, that's that was never Bullet Club. That was never the Bullet Club that I fell in love with. Right. 
the 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 fucking you want to call them renegades, you want to call them rebels, you, whatever you want to call them, the bad guys, Bullet Club. That's fucking real Bullet Club. I don't know if American television as a whole is ready for that kind of fucking Bullet Club. I just don't know. I mean, masturbation fucking signals aside, I don't know if you're ready for that kind of ruggedness that, you know, for a guy like Tamatonga, a guy like Switchblade, those guys don't hold back things that they say or do. And I don't know, even even if you tell them, like, hey, you know, you're on TV, you can't say that, shit's going to fucking slip out. They're so used to cutting promos where they're dropping F-bombs and all this shit, and now you tell them, hey, you can't do that. <laughs> even if they're willing to play ball, that's one thing, but, you know, it's... How many, how many of you out there don't like to swear in front of your parents, but you swear all the fucking time? You know, all you kids out there, you don't swear in front of your parents because you're going to get smacked. Every once in a while, you're going to drop a fuck in front of them. You're like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. it, it happens you because you, you, you say it in front of your friends all the time. You, you're, yeah. you're one way. That's what I mean by that. I just don't you know if 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 you can fucking snap your fingers and say okay yeah yeah you know I'll I'll calm it down or above all that if they even fucking want to right or if they if that's even good business to do so anyways because you don't want to water down something that's great you don't water down a fucking sequoia tree ladies and gentlemen it makes me think about uh, the current state of heels in wrestling these days man you know if you're just gonna censor them at the end of the day the fuck's the point you know I, I, I again you know you got sponsors and all that shit I get that but well, you, you got, can't blurt it out you know yeah. like can't they go that route I, I mean don't get me wrong like apparently during the match there was quite a few hand gestures that I, were obscene which is uh, that as far as that editing goes okay Maybe I could see that, but yeah, language. You know, that's what the that five second or fifteen second delay is for. Or, or even like, even if it did happen, you know, you could edit it this way again. Tell the story. Good brothers are fucking causing a bunch of shitty antics that is making everybody uncomfortable. Don't hide it. Talk about it. Have 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 your have your your commentary team be like. Go on them. In the middle of the fucking match, cut the fucking Jim Ross. Be like, ladies and gentlemen, you know, this is what's happening or whatever. Or, or and you know these and, and and really acknowledge the the, the gap between impact and because those are impact guys. And, and see, that's the thing. Like they need to they need to remember that while this is all taking place. Is you're right. Those are impact guys. Those are what they already called outsiders. That those guys don't even work there. Right. They need to keep keep that in mind when they're calling these matches Mm -hmm. because if they're not putting them over as such they're they're losing out on a very big opportunity yeah yeah outsiders that don't play by the fucking rules of AEW there's a whole fucking reason for that they 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 were getting it right for a while because like they were coming out from the side apron they weren't even part of the fucking locker room now they're coming out of the fucking locker room they're doing a lot of fucking easy things wrong um but we'll see about that. Uh, you know, we've we've really touched on a lot of the Forbidden Door. It's going to be a continuous thing as we go into the spring months of March and April. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's exciting times. It's also confusing times. There's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot to take in. And uh, my last question for you, my friend, is: Are you ready to celebrate three years man, of you, doing this? Man, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, you know, we're about to do three years, and it's just—it's hard to believe. Yeah, it is and it isn't because I mean, shit. The entire time we've been doing this, wow! I mean, just wow! Like the amount of stuff that has happened to us—not just with pro wrestling, but like personally to one, uh, to both of us. Mm-hmm. You know, just wow! Yeah, and you know, there's one thing that I can say with certainty during the past three years that has been a constant. And it's been this podcast. Come hell or high water, whether it be once a week or you know twice a month or you know whatever our schedule had had uh, allowed us. Yeah, like we've made it happen. And all I can say is thank you, like sincerely thank you. And you know I'll say it till I'm blue in the face because. There's, especially with with the whole pandemic going on, like so many things have been up in the air mm-hmm. the past year. I mean, I've I'm I'm back. Don't get me wrong, I'm still doing what I love, but mm-hmm. I'm back working someplace that I, I didn't want to go back to. Mm-hmm. But I'm really good at doing, and I'm I'm making a a, a nice chunk of change doing it. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, like this this podcast keeps me sane. It it really does. Like and and I and not I'm not sitting here telling everybody that I have problems with mental health. I'm one of the most stable people <laughs> a lot of people know. It's true. Very true. But you know, I do get stressed. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm mm-hmm. human and um you know, even even whether we're whether we're sitting down 30 minutes or 3 hours, yeah. like it helps. It helps so much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I you said it, you said it perfectly. I mean, you know, we we it's been a lot of changes in the past three years, as as I'm sure for a lot of people. And um, you know, during during the good times, during the bad times, this is always a constant. And you know, I, I can't thank you, I can't thank all of our listeners enough for for giving me the platform to to do this absolutely yeah. man like it's one thing for you and i to sit and talk wrestling because that's we know we do that anyway yeah right but to have you guys out there listen and you know whether it be 300 of you or a thousand of you yeah. or, or you know whatever it is week to week thank you sincerely thank you guys it's i mean you know the 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 feedback i mean we don't we don't get a whole lot of questions but when we do they're really interesting and mm-hmm. You know, you guys, you guys love wrestling like we do, and you know, you, you sometimes you're frustrated like us. Sometimes you, you know, you you tell us, "Hey, you guys don't know what you're talking about." But either way, you know, we do. We get that yeah. feedback, and we're all fans of pro wrestling at the end of the day. Absolutely, man. And you know, we got a lot of good things coming up. Uh, we do have a website, new website, new. It looks snazzy. It it, it does. It does. Um, <laughs> We have a new website that's going to be launched. Uh, hopefully, it gives you guys uh, a new experience on on what we've got to offer. Uh, we have uh, we have 
we are going to be launching a Patreon page as well. Uh, any and all support is is is, is thankful is is uh, we thank you for that. Um, but you know, above all else, man, whether it's Patreon, whether it's our website, whether it's anywhere, you given letting us your ears for the past three years, or if this is your first episode, you know, this episode, if we can give you a little bit of information or at the very least just entertain you or make you forget or about what's going on in the daily world that's that's what this is all about and uh you know these we're just we're just a couple of wrestling fans i know my biggest concern about going into a wrestling podcast is who the hell would want to listen to us i've never wrestled i've never booked i'm just a guy that fell in love with wrestling at the age of seven years old and that's it. What, what what do I have to offer? And you know what? It's uh, I've been proven wrong. You know, there's a lot that you know Joe and I do offer that's that's different out there. You know, yeah, it's it's great to hearing stories of of guys from the past telling about what happened behind the scenes of this that. Those are great. I'm not saying don't listen to those. Those are awesome. I listen to those. But we offer a viewpoint that is similar to yours. The wrestling fan, and I can I can't stress you enough. Participation is key. We love for you guys to get more involved. Talk shit to me. That's fine too. Like I <laughs> I, I implore yeah. you to do that. So uh, we're gonna wrap this up. We're gonna wrap this up, and uh, I just again I just want to say thank you to my partner for thank you, man. for thank three you. three years, man. It's been it's been a it's been a fucking blast. It's been it's been crazy, man. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, you can catch us on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20 wrestling talk if you want to come talk to Matt and I. Facebook.com slash 20x20 crew for our official Facebook page. We are on Twitter and Instagram. It's the same handle, and that's at 20x20 crew. Also, we're working on Patreon, and YouTube is being retooled. So the only other place you'll be able to find us right now is 20x20crew.com. That's our home on the web. It's got everything. Past episodes, merch, whole nine, you name it. It's there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, 111's in the books, man. Until next time, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. Ladies and gentlemen... As always, you've been fantastic. Super fantastic. And until next week, we will see see you in the the ring. ring.